everybody, it's me, Erica. And Rachel. And this is Story Crime. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so we are finally back from our little holiday. Yes, I hope you missed us. Uh, we missed all of you. <laughs> Actually, we took a much needed break from everything. School was over and we just needed to say, let's do nothing for about three weeks. Yeah. So Peace out, reality. Yeah. We're going on vacation. Yeah. So we actually, we went to New York. We visit some friends there. So hi, friends from New York. Hi. And then we went to go see a really fun show last week, which was awesome. Concert. Yeah. We went to go see TLC and Aqua, and it was so amazing. It Ugh. was pretty good. And Ja Rule. Can't leave out Ja Rule. Oh, yeah. Ja Rule was there. And 112. And 112, yeah. And the one girl from Ace of Base, so that was pretty fun. She still saw the signs. So. <laughs> she, she really did. <laughs> she, she did not turn around. No. Um, it, was, uh, it was very good and very, like, 90s nostalgic, so I really loved it. It was, like, yeah. went back in time to when we were kids. So, And I'm so glad to see you again. Welcome back to my apartment. Yes, we are <laughs> together recording in Rachel's apartment, and... More like Rachel's uh, sweat lodge. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so I'm, hot in here. If I act a little funny, it's because I'm having uh, dehydration-induced hallucinations. <laughs> no, we won't be dehydrating tonight. We both have our tequilas, so. Yeah, Erica's prepped me that tonight is a specifically... Or an especially hard case to listen to, so trigger warnings to everybody. Yeah. Get your drinks ready like we have. So maybe get some shots ready mm -hmm. lined up. This episode might make you feel a lot of things. I decided since we were away for a while, I'd come back with a big bang. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> very tough. So uh, just like Rachel said, a little trigger warning. If you're uncomfortable with topics that include torture, rape, abuse jesus christ just lay it on us uh, yeah there's a lot <laughs> happening um but i really feel like this is a story that just needs to be told time and time again because the perpetrators in this case got almost no time what? and you'll understand why once we get into it but it's very infuriating so awesome get your drinks ready guys because it is a pretty story crime. Yeah, it is story <laughs> crime. <laughs> All right, so tonight we are going to be covering a case that has a couple of nicknames. Um, so some of you guys might get it right off the first nickname. Rachel, you probably will not. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the nicknames for this case is 44 Days of Hell. Oh. Which I think kind of sums up why we have a trigger warning. <laughs> um, the other one, uh, the other nickname for this case is the Concrete Encased High School Girl. What? what? It's a mouthful. Um, no, but breaking that down, Concrete Encased High School Girl, I don't like sorry, it already. High School Girl Murder. Sorry, I should include that. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah. It still sounds terrible. Con okay. Mm -hmm. Um. So, uh, yeah. If some of you may have guessed, at this point, we are going to be talking about the case of Junko Furuda. Mm -hmm. It is a case from Japan, so I've tried to look into many sources, cross-reference things, check things out, but obviously it's a bit of an older case, and some things may have been lost in translation, so 
if you guys, if I get some details wrong and you guys want to correct me, please feel free. You can send us a DM at our Instagram, which is storycrimepod. And you can also email it to us if you want, storycrimepod at gmail.com. And if you really, really like this episode, you could always donate to us at our Buy Me a Coffee page, which we will link in the show notes. All right. All right. Ice coffee because it's summer. Exactly. If there was something in there to buy us a tequila, I would say do that. Yes. I'm so glad that you have hopped on the tequila train with me because (laughs) it is a fun ride. It's a refreshing drink. Uh, All right. So without further ado, we may as well get into it because I personally want to kind of get this over with because it's pretty horrible. And yeah. So, like I said, we're talking about Junko Furuta, and she was born in Misato, Japan. She was born on January 18th, 1971. She came from a really happy, normal family. Both of her parents lived at home with her. She had two brothers. She was the middle child, just like me and Rachel, so we know that (laughs) life. She was a very good girl, okay? She didn't drink. She didn't do drugs, didn't steal, party. She was very devoted to her studies at school. And she really didn't have any interest in dating at the time just because she was so, so focused at school. Sorry about the trains, guys. They happen. (laughs) There's a commuter train that goes right by Rachel's apartment. (laughs) So yeah, she didn't really have any interest in dating. She just wanted to do what she needed to do to graduate and meet her goals in life, which is important for later. (laughs) Uh, so she attended Yashio Minami High School, and she was really popular. She was well liked, despite not being a party girl. Because I, I don't know. I remember being in high school, and most of the party or the popular kids were big partiers. Yeah, but yeah, that's for sure. She wasn't into that kind of life, but she still was was very very popular, and she was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, She had a part-time job at a plastic molding factory, and she was actually saving up to go on a post-graduation trip with her friends from school. Cool. So she was really focused and well-behaved, and she knew what she wanted to do with her life and was really working towards her goals. And she actually had also had already, sorry, accepted a job at an electronics retailer where she planned on working after she graduated. So on November 25th, 1988, Junko was actually abducted while she was riding her bike home from her part-time job. Uh, Mm. She would be held for 44 days by her captors. What? Yeah. During which time she would be brutally tortured continuously, eventually dying from her uncountable injuries. Oh, no. We're going to kind of talk about the people involved in this abduction. They were four boys that she went to school with, and their names were... Hiroshi Miyano, Joe, who, so Hiroshi was 18, okay. Joe Ogura, who was 17, Shinji Minato, who was 16, and Yasushi Wantanabe, who was 17. So they were all around the same age as Junko. Junko was uh, 16, I think going on 17, when she was abducted. Okay. And did these boys go to high school with her? Uh, yes. Okay. So they, the four boys were all friends with each other from school, but they were also extremely low-level members of the Yakuza. Do you know what that is? I do not. So for those of you who don't know what the Yakuza are, uh, the Yakuza are a Japanese crime syndicate, and it kind of dates back to the 17th century. And I guess the Western equivalent to the Yakuza would be the mafia. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Um, so although they originated in Japan, they are a multinational organization at this point, and they are well known for their appearance, which includes like head to toe tattoos and there's bizarre membership rituals they're also known oh. for, which includes cutting off their left pinky finger. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Now, over the years, the membership rates in the Yakuza have declined, uh, but the people in Japan are still pretty fearful of the remaining members because they do pose a serious threat if you cross them. Yeah. Um, they are pretty seriously violent people oh, <laughs> if shit. provoked. That being said, there were some articles I read which kind of like, it kind of reminded me of the Hells Angels, I guess, where the Yakuza, like they get involved in their communities and they do a lot of things in a positive way. Mm -hmm. um, and I did read an, ar an article that said after a devastating earthquake in a place called to Tohoku, um, the Yakuza actually sent hundreds of trucks filled with food, water, blankets, and other life-sustaining supplies to the citizens mm. that were affected by that That's natural nice disaster. Of so, nice little gesture from this mafia-style gang. However, don't let that fool you, because oh. these four <laughs> boys, who, like I said, were extremely low-level members of the Yakuza, they were not nice in any way, shape, or form. Right. They were not good people. They did not do anything positive for their community. Right. And they would spend a lot of their time just wreaking havoc on their uh, communities by mugging people and gang raping women. Oh, so just your regular pieces of shit. Yeah. And they're in high school. Remember, the youngest oh. one of these boys right. was Joe Ogura, and I believe, oh no, Shinji Minato, and he was 16 at the time. The fuck is he doing out raping and mugging people at 16? Mm. Yes. They are fucking awful. Now, there isn't, I couldn't find a lot of reliable information on their, like, situations growing up, and I, I didn't want to say anything on here that was, like, totally inaccurate, because I did only find one article that kind of went into their backstories. And if they're from the mafia, they might come after you. Oh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think they're listening to this, but, <laughs> um, but it doesn't really matter, because whatever their upbringings were, their actions that they go on to take, in this case, are not... Yeah. It doesn't justifiable. Yeah. No. But I will link the article that I said where I found that I found that gives a little bit more background. Just. Okay. So Hiroshi Miyano, who was the oldest of this group, he was also considered the leader of these four boys. Kind of okay. like their. Yeah. yeah. And in many articles, it said that he and Junko, who went to the same high school, he had kind of taken a liking to her. Because like I said, she was beautiful. And there were some differing accounts of exactly what happened here, but in many sources, it was said that Hiroshi had asked Junko out on a date, and she politely declined. And just for the sake of accuracy, I do want to point out that um, in some other articles, Junko was selected as a victim by this group at random. So just so you guys know, like, there is some differing accounts of this. You might read different things. Mm, okay. So, going with the theory that Hiroshi did get rejected by Junko, sources state that this was something that, like, extremely pissed Hiroshi off. Of course. Due to the fact that he was pretty much a known bully and... Yeah, men are always salty when they get turned down. Right, and he was not accustomed to being told no, mm -hmm. ever. So, that just really made him angry, and he started working on a plan to get revenge Ugh. on Junko for the rejection. Just take the L, dude. Yeah, just move on, like... Honestly. So, like I said, on November 25th, the day of Junko's abduction, 
Hiroshi and, Shin- Hiroshi and Shinji Minato went out with the intention of finding a woman to gang rape. Um, and it's a possibility that they were specifically looking for Junko. It wasn't really clear on that. But needless to say, they spotted her riding her bike home from work. Mm. And Hiroshi kind of instructed uh, Shinji to push Junko down off her bike. Yeah. And he did as he was told. And after knocking Junko down, Minato ran away. And Hiroshi appeared like a knight in shining armor. Saying, like, what the fuck did this guy just do? Like, what an asshole. Let me help you. Let me walk you home. It's not safe out here. He might come back. And giving me real Gaston vibes. Like, oh, I'm going to do shit. But really, I'm your night. Yeah, fuck off. So Junko was a bit apprehensive at first. She did know Hiroshi from school. She knew he was a bully, but he was being nice. So she ended up accepting the offer. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but things started to take a turn when Hiroshi led Junko into an abandoned warehouse. Oh, no. And when they get there, he informs her that he wasn't actually going to walk her home <laughs> and told her, you know, I'm part of the Yakuza. And if you don't listen to what I'm telling you and comply with my demands, I am going to kill you. Oh, my God. He then proceeded to rape Junko mm. in the warehouse he took her to a nearby motel after that and raped her again. Oh, my God. After this uh, second time, Hiroshi then called his friends, uh, Joe Agura, Yasushi Wantanabe, and Shinji Minato, uh-huh. and told them what he had done. And they said, well, just hold on to her because they wanted to have a go at her as well. Fuck off. These um, are real pieces of shit, kids. Oh, they're awful. It continues to get worse from here. So this is day one. Mm. Of 44? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. At around 3 a.m., Hiroshi took Junko to a local park to meet up with the rest of these just human trash Mm -hmm. bags. Mm -hmm. The boys told Junko that they had found her address in a notebook in her backpack Mm. and reminded her again that if she didn't comply, they would have their Yakuza connections murder her family. Oh, of course. Oh, my God. They took Junko to Shinji Minato's house in the Aie's district of Adachi, Tokyo, where he lived with his parents and older brother. Okay. Now, this is about 30 minutes from where Junko's family lived. Wow. Shinji Minato's house, it was a regular hangout for this group, and throughout Junko's time there, his parents claimed that they had no idea what was going on. They said they never heard anything suspicious. Hmm. They never saw Junko. They had no idea that she was there. But I'm going to tell you right now, after you hear what these absolute fucking oxygen thieves <laughs> do to yeah. this poor young girl yeah. in Shinji Minato's house, I'm sure everyone listening will agree with me that there's no chance that these parents had any idea. There's no amount of soundproofing? Yeah. yeah. That they didn't, sorry, that they didn't have any idea yeah. that she was there. Motherfuckers. Now, when Junko first got there, the boys did tell uh, Shinji's family that she was his girlfriend. Mm, mm-hmm. And she was told to kind of keep up that appearance yeah, while she was there. Play along. But eventually they did realize that there probably wasn't going to be any repercussions to their actions. His parents weren't calling the police. Um, and so that act was quickly dropped. Right. They're like, why are we yeah. playing this when no one gives a fuck anyways? Yeah. Now, it was said in some sources that the reason why Shinji's parents didn't act in this case and alert the authorities was because they 
Shinji was also very violent, kind of like Hiroshi was, and they knew about his Yakuza connections, and they were afraid. Probably terrified. Absolutely. But also, I don't know. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So, two days after Junko was abducted, her parents did file a missing persons report. And a search got underway. The police were looking for her, along with her family and friends. And once the boys found out about this police search, they kind of panicked. So, what they did was they had Junko call her family. Oh, come on. And tell them that she had run away. She was with friends. She was safe. And to please call off the search. Oh, my God. This is when you need, like... A code with your parents and your friends of like, if I say rabbits in the hole, yeah, that means call the police immediately. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's a good idea, actually. Pro tip. Thank you. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. Yeah. Uh, so this is so sorry. Unfortunately, Junko's parents would comply with their daughter's wishes. Her, their daughter's wishes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, in quotes, because they were not Junko's wishes. They were not. Um, and even though they weren't satisfied with what she had told them, the search for Junko would subsequently be called off at this point. Oh, my God. So now nobody knows she's missing. They assume she's run away. and no looking for her. Nobody's looking for her. Oh, and no. these boys have free reign to do whatever they want. Things are not looking good. No. Now, this is when the 44 days of hell that Junko would live through would officially begin. And Junko would be subjected to the most unimaginable level of torture and abuse that I have personally ever read about. Really? Um, You've read about some fucked up shit. I really have. Um, So please, again, take this as your warning that things are going to get dark from this point on. Thanks a lot, Erica. Hold on, let me take a a big gold. Yeah, I might need a big gold, too. (laughs) I also, like, want to make a disclaimer that... If it seems like I'm just simply reading off a list here, it's because I essentially am. Like, I, I'll link all my sources below, but there were some pretty good sources that uh, sort of really detailed what happened to Junko. I'm not going to go into as much detail as them, but... Oh, thank you. Um, and I'm also not telling you this for shock value. I want I want our listeners to know what happened to her so that, I don't know, you guys can all feel the outrage I felt when these boys were not brought to justice. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't, and I don't want to gloss over what happened to her simply because, like, I feel like everybody that was involved in this, it was glossed over by all of them. So there were many witnesses to this crime, and they all glossed over it. Shinji Minato's parents, the justice oh, system, no. everyone. So I just think her story needs to be told, and people need to know what happened to her. So absolutely. Now. Like I said, there were many people that witnessed this, and it will come out afterwards that there were over a hundred people who witnessed and knew what was happening to this poor girl. What? How? A hundred people? Yes. I don't even think I know a hundred people. I know. Like, (laughs) me neither. How? Or were they not? Did they move her from the parents' house? No. So people just came through like a sideshow? Yes. Holy and fuck. some of those 100 people participated in some of the abuse. <gasps> uh, I don't want to say all of them because I don't know for sure, but definitely 100, at least 100 people have seen had seen her. Okay, and do you know, was this 100 people part of the gang or the mafia? Some of them were. Some of them were just kids Some from Some of them school. were just normal people who were like, cool, let's torture this girl. Let's find it cool. What? Yeah. How did no one be like, hold up, wait a minute. This yeah. should probably stop. 
so yeah we will get there there is okay. a time where that kind of happens but we'll get there no this is outrageous yeah now straight from the beginning junko was raped repeatedly <sighs> not just by the four boys who had kidnapped her stop it but by friends and fellow yakuza members who they would call and invite over and say like hey like i got this girl here we've kidnapped her like you can come over and, and do oh what you want God. to her over the course of those 44 days junko would be raped over 400 times stop it right now that's math i can't even do to see how many i don't even want to but i don't like that at all the most times she was gang raped in one day no. was 12 times oh, gang oh my god Sorry, she was gang raped, but by 12 different people. That's what I should say, but still 12 times you're getting raped by yeah, people. No, that's terrible. Now, she would be kept naked the entire time. So degrading. She was forced to sleep on the floor or out on a concrete bank balcony. And keep in mind, this is November in Japan. And from what I could tell, it is very cold there mm. at that time of year. Uh, Junko was starved and malnourished. She was forced to eat live roaches. What? And to drink her own urine. And they, the other thing I read is that they would, like, force feed her milk. I'm not really sure. I'm sure sure probably curdled. But how does she survive even her body? How does her body survive 44 days with no nourishment? I would give, I would have gave up after hour two. The boys would also, uh, they would keep her, like, under the influence of different drugs. They would force her to inhale paint thinner, take different drugs, like I said, and drink alcohol. So they would just pour Honestly, thank fucking God. Yeah. Because at least something to hide some of that shit that she's... Ex- oh, fuck. I'd, now, they did a couple things for their own entertainment. One of them was that they would urinate on her. What? And they thought that was fun. Hilarious. Um, and another thing they would do is that, uh, they would make Junko, while she's naked, dance and sing for them, as well as masturbate in front of them. Like, oh my god. Again. And you know, like, they're young, they've probably never been to a strip club, they've never seen a naked woman before, and now they're just... Oh, they had, so, sorry, what I forgot to say, because I said that they would go out looking for people to mug and and women to rape. Right, right, right. So they were experienced rapists, and actually a couple weeks before they had abducted Junko, they actually did, had raped another 19-year-old girl. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, they're disgusting. Pieces of trash. Now, the boys would also constantly beat Junko, and when they got tired of using their fists, like, they were all bloodied up and their their hands oh hurt, god. they would resort to using golf clubs. Oh my god. And iron rods. Her poor body. I can't even... Okay. Now, eventually, Junko's face was so swollen that she couldn't breathe through her nose because yeah. of all the blood and other injuries that it had sustained. She probably annihilated her nose, yeah. Um, they would burn her body with lit cigarettes, candles, lighters, and she would be burned everywhere, including on her face, eyelids, and genitals. How is she still alive? I know. It's pretty uh, outrageous, but... Now... Like I said before, the boys would call their friends and brag about the girl that they were holding captive and invite them over. And one of these, on one of these occasions, there was a young man who came over with the intention of having a go at Junko. Mm. He was thinking, oh, this will be fun. Yeah, I'll go over. I'll rape the girl. But when he arrived there and saw the state that she was in, he really didn't want to. Yeah. Because he was like, 
she's fucked up. Like, what's happening here? How are they even able to rape someone when she's probably so mutilated? So, yeah, he didn't want to rape her. What a conscience. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> I have oh. in brackets in my notes. That was so nice of him. <laughs> uh, the other boys ended up bullying him and peer pressured him into raping Junko. But Christ. he left uh, Shinji Minato's apartment or house, sorry, just like stunned and in shock about what it, he had just done and what he had just witnessed being done. And he did go home and tell his brother. Oh, thank goodness. Someone. Yeah. And then his brother... Went like, and raped her too? No, his brother was like, what the actual fuck? And told his parents. Good. Finally, someone with a heartbeat. Like, and that's... Thankfully, these parents were so disgusted at what they were hearing. And they became the only people who would take any action to save Junko's life in this case. Wow. Now, keep in mind that everything I just told you happened around the 16-day mark. That's all 16? Just 16 days. No, she still has, like, 20-some-odd days to go? Yes. Oh, my God. So, now, this boy's parents called the police, who immediately headed over to the Minato home to investigate the report of a teenage girl being held hostage by yeah. four teenage boys. Yeah. Um, now, Minato's parents answered the door, and the police asked about Junko. And the parents said that they had no idea what they were talking about. We only have two sons. There's no girl here. What are you, what are you saying? They haven't seen a hundred people come through their oh. apartment? They knew. Heard the yeah. beats and the, probably the laughing and the, like, the, the, oh my God. We'll get there. We knew. They knew. Sorry. Uh, now... The Minato's, the, sorry, Shinji Minato's parents, they would invite the police in to take a look around. But because they were so cooperative, the police were like, but they must be telling the truth. You've got to be And they didn't me. go in the house. Are you kidding me? Had the police done their job and checked out what was going on in the house? Done their fucking job. She would have been, she would have been injured and had a really tough recovery. I mean... How do you recover from that? But she would have survived. I'm so mad right now. Now, those police officers, there was public outrage after this all came to light, and those police officers were relieved of their duties. So mm, Probably with pay and a good pension. Yeah. Or is that only in North well, America? Well, I don't, I don't know. This is Japan. <laughs> Who knows? Now, Junko's torture would only continue to intensify from this point on. Oh my God. Intensify? How? So it's going to get even darker here, guys. Oh, so shit. again... Okay, hold on. Let me get my drink. Take a warning. Okay, I'm ready. They would start to insert random objects into Junko's, Junko's anus and genitals. No. Some of these objects included glass bottles, oh, God. lit matches, <gasps> scissors, <gasps> grilling skewers. Wait. Oh, my God, Erica. They would insert fireworks into her body. Fire. Fi and then set them off. <sighs> Fucking stop it. These kids are evil. I evil, yeah. It's what the fuck? Pretty awful. Um, on one occasion they would insert like uh you know, like old light bulbs. They're well, not old light bulbs, I guess, if you don't have the LED ones, yeah, right? But so the they would take the, the old glass light bulbs and uh get them hot and then insert that into her vagina and then beat her on the on her abdomen until it would burst inside of her i now, am so outraged at this like i can't even however side note i am reminded um so when i was a kid 
I had a light, but you know those Christmas tree ones? Yeah. I wanted to see how hard I could bite it until it broke. Turns out it wasn't very hard. <laughs> broke right in my mouth. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. That sounds not fun. That just reminded me of that, but fuck. Okay. Yeah. Back on track. The boys would pour lighter fuel onto mm-hmm. her legs and they would light it. So they are essentially just setting her on fire at this point. I feel like that's a, that's even almost minor compared to what they've already done yeah. to her. They would stomp on her head and abdomen as well as drop heavy dumbbells onto her while she was laying on the floor. Oh my. Now. There is absolutely no way that the smell of burning flesh wouldn't be coming through the walls and the parents are like oh they must be lighting incense like what no yeah these parents are pleading ignorance so now she had been beaten and abused so badly by this point that she was rendered incontinent not surprised of course and of course when she would have accidents she would be beaten more punished oh my god now she would try to get to a toilet but with all how with all of her injuries, it would take her over an hour to make her way from Shinji's bedroom downstairs to the main floor to use the bathroom. Hold on. So don't tell me that these parents don't know. I keep coming back to and it. Here I am. I forget that you're saying that they're in like an apartment. I'm thinking they're in the basement. You know, maybe there's some insulation. They're in this motherfucker's bedroom. Yeah. The parents are probably sleeping right next door. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Through all of this... Junko still had a will to survive. Bless her. I swear, bless her. I know. At one point, she was able to get a hold of a cell phone. Well, I actually, this is 1988. It was probably not a cell phone, just a phone. (laughs) While the boys weren't looking. And she crawled away. And she was able to call police. But was quickly discovered by the boys making the call. (sighs) Now, they hung up the phone. But when the uh, authorities called back... Hiroshi and Shinji told the operator that it was a mistake, not to worry, everybody's fine, it was a butt dial, you know, my bad. Mm-mm. Move on. No. Now, she was, of course, punished for this. Yeah, of course. And she would end up being tied from the ceiling and basically used as a punching bag. Are you fucking kidding me? It's very similar to Sylvia Likens. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely giving some Lincoln's vibes. Yeah. Now, this would be the last time that Junko would have any hope of surviving her ordeal. Yeah. I mean, thank like good on her for even having hope up to that point. Yeah. Like, no, no. After the whole light bulb thing, I would have. Well, and they continue. So this is the thing. They had shoved all these bottles into her uh, anus and they had broken this light bulb in her vagina. And they were still raping her. Are they not cutting their dicks? That's what I was wondering. Like, how is the logistics of this? I'm not... I don't know. I don't really want to think about it, but... Well, I hope they are. I hope they are cutting their dicks. I hope they are cutting their dinks. Their dinks. <laughs> <laughs> their dinks and their dicks. <laughs> the fucking dinks. <laughs> um, now, as time went on, Junko's abuse... Sorry, I keep saying Junko because I'm reading it, but it's Junko. Junko. As time went on, Junko's abuse just continued to get worse, and her injuries were so severe and infected that the boys, they lost all sexual interest in her. (sighs) Now, they said that that was because she was covered in pus, and it was very stinky. Oh my god. Like, I'm just... So, this would stop the rapes, however, it didn't stop the abuse. Uh, The boys would continue to set Junko on fire... 
they would pierce her breasts with sewing needles and eventually just remove her left nipple using pliers. Stop. Which, when I read using that... Using pliers? So, a lot of things in this really, like, disgusted me and made me feel some sort of way. That made me grab my boobs so hard when I read it. Like, I thought you were going to say with a knife, with scissors, but with fucking pliers? Pliers. Yeah. Now, like I said, the boys did stop raping Junko, but in order to have their sexual desires met, they eventually went out on the prowl and abducted and raped a 19-year-old girl at a motel. They ended up releasing her, which will come back to thankfully bite them in the ass afterwards so and I'm, I'm going back to the fact that there's no justice or something that you're getting to and i'm raging right now <laughs> by the end of december um or early january i guess junko was basically begging the boys to just let her die but How- they wouldn't they wanted to Girl, keep her just, alive just for their torturing under- pleasure oh my god on January 4th, 1989, Hiroshi and the other boys returned to Minato's apartment after having lost a game of Mahjong. And they were pissed. You remember I, Mahjong? Well, I mean... I could never I play it. I used to get angry at that, too, but never to go do... Th- <laughs> uh, okay. So they were pretty pissed about it. Um, now, in some sources, you might hear different accounts of what I'm going to say next in a lot of sources. I'm going to go with the, the sources that I believe and the events that i believe occurred um but there are different tellings of this now the one thing that it says is that the boys came back after losing this match and then challenged junko to a game of mahjong and told her well if you win how the fuck is she supposed to even she can't even use her hands in my opinion that account has to be false she couldn't use her hands her fingers had been shattered not just broken like the bones in her hands were not i wouldn't think any part of her body is functionable at this point no and she can't even see for christ's sake so in my opinion that account has to be false because what it goes on to say in those sources is that she beat them and they became furious so absolutely not i'm gonna go with that they just came back and were mad that they had lost a game they were playing yeah so like I said, the boys were pissed about their loss and decided that they, this was obviously Junko's fault. I mean, and they were gonna who take else's it, fault could yeah. it have been? And they were going to take their anger out on her. <sighs> they did this by beating her just relentlessly. Like, I know that they've done that throughout, but again. Like another beating. Just another beating, yeah. Uh, I read that they actually taped plastic bags to their hands so that they wouldn't get her blood or pus on them because they thought she was gross. So I'm like, fuck Are off. these boys still alive? Yes. I want to find them. <laughs> Honestly, I had put in the notes earlier and I didn't say it, but the 100 witnesses, I wish I could identify all 100 of them. Yeah. But there's some like serious like armchair detectives and different members of like the Japanese um, media uh, down there that they make it their life's mission to continuously identify because these guys, they all end up changing their names, but they continuously find their addresses and like just dox them every chance Good. they get. And I hope that they have like serious yeah. <laughs> traumatic um, repercussions from this. Yeah. It's fucking dicks. So once they finished off beating her, they set her on fire again. Like, her entire body. Fuck off. How is she still alive? So, at first, she did try to put the flames out, but she was so weak and so uh, beaten down, for lack of a better term, that she just collapsed on the floor. And 
the boys didn't know it right away, but they had killed, killed Tuko at this point. And I don't want to say, like... Thank God. But yeah, thank but, God. like, thank goodness yeah. that this is over for her. Yeah. Now, the four boys would end up leaving, and Shinji Minato's older brother would actually go into to his brother's room to check on Junko. Hold on, there was another kid in the house? The older brother, Shinji Minato, had an older brother. And he had no idea? He said he didn't, but I would imagine if these boys are in there raping her, he probably did, but I can't... It was never... Listen, I knew what my siblings were doing all the time. Whether or not they were just playing Nintendo, listening to their... Oh, yeah. Spice Girls CD, I knew what they were doing. There's no way that they're in there burning someone alive, and I don't know about it. Exactly. No. I hope your siblings never do that. I mean, no. So his brother ended up going in the room and he would find Junko dead. And he called Shinji and Hiroshi and the other boys. And they all started working on a plan to cover up their crime. Now, Joe Ogura would suggest that they put her in a, like, one of those big, like, oil drums, I guess. Breaking Bad stuff. Yep. Uh, Because he used to work for, like, a construction site or something. And... He had access to a Athlete. cement truck. Let me t- Oh. Yeah. So he just suggested that they cover her in concrete and throw her in the, the ocean. Throw her in the fishes, just like the goddamn mafia. <laughs> but they were lazy, and they just dumped it on an abandoned building. Okay. This is why this case is dubbed the concrete encased high school girl yep. murder. Nope, I figured that much. Yep. <laughs> uh, this would be one of their biggest mistakes, but we'll talk more about that in a bit. And they still have no... Like, just it? No. Okay. So, I cannot wait for you to get there. The boys felt really good about everything. We nailed it. We yeah, it, we nailed it. <laughs> um, they were like, yeah, we put her in the... Nobody's ever going to know. Nobody's ever going to find her. But it would be two weeks later that Joe Ogura and Hiroshi Miyano would actually be arrested, but not for the murder of Junko. The other 19-year-old? For the gang rape of the other mm-hmm. teenage girl just a few weeks before. Yeah. After that arrest... Two months later, in March of 1989, the police would end up searching Shinji Minato's home in relation to another murder. Because there was another murder in the area where they lived. And because they were suspects in the, um, or not suspects, but they were the actual rapists Mm -hmm. in that case with the 19-year-old girl, uh, the police actually ended up searching Shinji Minato's home and had found a pair of women's underwear, or ladies' underwear, Mm -hmm. in his, his bedroom. So, okay, hold on a second. So it's only been what two weeks? Two weeks. They two weeks after Junko there died. There is absolutely no way that that smell no. of her pus, her burning flesh, her dead body did not stay in that apartment for right. while those police were there. It wasn't. So when they came in and searched, it wasn't two weeks. It had actually been two months by the time they came in. It is probably still stinks. It probably does. And they're but probably I mean, like, "Hey, what is this smell?" And he Cat was shit? like, "Yeah." Like, yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, oh but this God. is two months later. And so because they were, you know, questioned in the about the rape of the 19-year-old girl, when this other murder came up, they were like, well, let's take a look at these guys. Let's see if they have anything to do with it. Yeah. So they were actually um, brought down for questioning again. At ju- but just um, Joe Ogura and Hiroshi Mi- Mi- Miyano, okay. I think. I wasn't really, some of these details were a little scattered, so I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong. Needless to say, some of them were brought down for questioning, and when the police said, you know, there was this murder that took place, we're wondering if you know anything about it. Well, Hiroshi thought that Joe 
had told the police about Junko. Oh, shit. And he started to tell the police everything. <gasps> he told them what they had done and where they could find Junko's body. No now, kidding. The police were very confused because they had no idea what Hiroshi was talking about. Because remember... They were they, different. They didn't even think that Junko was missing. Right. They thought she had run away. Now... They were actually investigating um, a murder of a young woman and her seven-year-old son. So thank goodness for Hiroshi Miyano's stupidity because they would have never found Junko if he didn't accidentally confess. Wow. Um, I mean, he's a piece of shit and thank God he's fucking stupid too. Now, unfortunately, this other murder that they were investigating it remains unsolved and to this day. And I couldn't no find way. any other details about it. I wish I could. But I did find when I was looking for details, another murderer that... In my opinion, maybe we'll talk about him in, in, in another episode. He looks good for the crime. Just saying. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, peace to that mother and son who yeah. are still unsolved. Now, after the confession from Hiroshi, mm -hmm. both uh, Shinji Minato and Yasushi Wantanabe, Wantanabe and, of course, Joe Agura, they were all arrested for the murder of Juko Furuto. The police were easily able to locate Junko's body mm -hmm. uh, right where Hiroshi had told them that they could find her. Mm -hmm. Now, because the boys had decided to have that brilliant idea of encasing Junko in concrete, mm -hmm. her body was kept... Preserved. Perfectly preserved. Wow. Which was one of the ways that they could tell that she was probably raped by a hundred different people. Jesus Christ. Um, now, I wasn't clear on if they were able to, like, get DNA samples and identify these people. I don't think they could, but they knew that there was a hundred different samples in there. Wow. Yeah. Along with glass and matches oh, they and pulled... fireworks. Yes. And so, who else knows what else? Well, her body also revealed all of the absolute horror that she had been through, including all of her burns, her broken bones, cuts, bruises, internal injuries, and most horrifying at all, they found like numerous glass bottles inside her rectum. And they were still, they didn't even take them out? No. They were they in left there. They in. just kept they just kept pushing them in. Yeah. Like, see how many we can fit. Holy crap. Yes. No. Now mm -mm. her face was unrecognizable. Mm -hmm. The only way that they could identify her, I think, was through dental records and fingerprints. Oh my god. So this poor, poor girl. Now, of course, the police and law enforcement officials, they were like horrified with what they were seeing. And the four boys were charged with the murder. Mm -hmm. Along with two other accomplices that they could prove were involved in this torture. So Good. Good. this is where things start to get really fucking shitty. I mean, <laughs> this is when they start? Even worse, if you weren't already oh pissed, my God. you're going to be... Oh, I'm pissed. <laughs> very, very angry. All four of the boys pleaded not guilty to not murder in the first degree. Oh, sorry. All four boys pleaded guilty, I should say. Not not guilty. They all pleaded guilty. But they didn't plead guilty to murder in the first degree or second or manslaughter. They pled guilty to causing bodily harm resulting in death. Uh, uh, <clears throat> okay. So they did have a hearing or they did have to go to court for the trial just to submit their guilty plea. But when the details of what had happened to her daughter were read in court, Junko's mother passed out and later had a mental breakdown and needed to be treated in a hospital. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you not? Well, first of all, how did before passing out, how did she not become like the Hulk and completely annihilate those men? Because 
not even men, they are little boys. But how did she compose herself enough to just pass out? That's what I want to know. Like, I would have fucking tort, like, I would have burned the whole place down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even a parent, and like, I, yeah, I don't even think I would make it through that, no. that hearing without wanting to just absolutely wrangle these kids. Wrangle is putting it nicely. Yeah. Now, because all four of them were technically considered juveniles, their identities were initially not publicly released. No, fuck that. And we do the Tell same thing all. here yeah. with juveniles. Um, but a lot of them are re- are tried as adults anyways. In Canada? Probably. Well, it depends on their age, if they're old enough. But these boys... I mean, and I was confused by this because Hiroshi Miyano was 18. 18. Yeah, you're a full-blown adult. I mean, maybe not in Japan. I don't know. Maybe things are different. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I should have looked into that. I did not. It's all right. Um, So their identities were kept private, but when the details of how shocking this crime was came out, (laughs) a major media outlet in Japan called Shukan Bunshin Magazine... I love them. ...were like... Fuck this shit. These people are evil. Like, they're not even monsters. They're not even animals. They're just trash humans. And they do not deserve the luxury of anonymity. No. Hell no. Release all of them. Their date of birth, their address. Oh, yeah. All of it. And they, like, it's... They risked a lot doing that because they could have been fined, arrested themselves. These are the kind of heroes we need. Exactly. And that's why I said that there's these people out there still to this day Mm -hmm. that are doxing the fuck out of these guys. Good. Every chance they get. I kind of want to start too. But um, the uh, fucked upness doesn't end there because when you hear their sentences, you're going to be even more pissed off. So if we all thought that what happened to Junko was shocking, what was even more shocking was the sentences that they received for what they had done. And before you even start, was there public outrage about oh, the sentencing? Yeah. Thing? Oh, okay, yeah. Good. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There least. was. Not just their sentencing, about the whole thing, there was public outrage. Every part of this, there was public outrage. Okay, good. So Hiroshi Miyano, the self-proclaimed leader of this group, was given a year, was, sorry, giving a sentence of 17 years in prison. I mean, that's nothing compared to what he did. Exactly. But at least it's something. Now, he would go on to appeal the sentence because he thought it was too long. Oh, poor baby. But thankfully, the judge wouldn't relent. Good. And the fact that he even attempted to appeal the judge's decision, he was actually ended up being sentenced to 20 years, which is, I think, in Japan, the most you can be sentenced to. It's like, okay. you can be sentenced up to 20 years or you're sentenced to death. There's yeah. nothing in between. Right. So... He's uh, probably like the judge is like, um, please just appeal for again. your audacity. Yeah, three more years, three more years. And I wish he had appealed again because maybe he would have got the death penalty if he yeah. did. Yeah, try me, son, try me. So he did go up for parole in two thousand four, but was denied. But was re- later released after serving his full twenty years in two thousand nine. Oh, he didn't get killed. So he's released. So he's out there. Japan, the prisons in Japan are different than They're like what we have. Rehabilitating. It's not even rehabilitating. The guards ha- hold all the power, so you wouldn't get a situation where other inmates are going to come and beat the hell out of you because everybody's well, but afraid you would of the guards. Think that the guard is like, how about him? No, I don't think it works. I think it's just the culture is so different, and like um, they hold the control. You do what the guard says, or they beat you. But. Wow. The other inmates wouldn't get a, a guard with... As far as I could tell, and like from what I yeah. read about the Japanese prison system, it's very different than what we would see right. here. Because if they were in prison here in Canada, 
in the U.S., they would not be alive. I'm sure no. of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was, uh, like I said, released in 2009. But in 2013, he was rearrested on fraud charges. Oh, good. But there was insufficient evidence. Oh. And he was ultimately released. Fuck off. He is currently out of prison and enjoying his life. Not for long. <laughs> Not if Rachel has anything to say about it. And people who know him say that he has never shown one single tiny ounce of remorse for what he did to Junko and can often be heard bragging about the whole thing. Bragging. Yeah. How is he still alive? I read Sniper that... this motherfucker. I read that he still like has some kind of affiliation with the Yakuza. Uh, couldn't confirm that either way, but that wouldn't surprise me about why he's still alive. Yeah, no, bullshit. So Shinji Minato, Minato, the boy whose house this all happened at, mm-hmm. he was sentenced to a mere four to six years in prison. Four to six years? He too appealed and was extended to five to nine years, which neither one of those sentences are... I, I have underwear I've had longer than that. Yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. No. Now... Here's the piss off. Mm. Neither his parents or his older brother were ever charged with any crimes relating to Junko's death. What? Those accomplice motherfuckers. Yeah. I can't. Now, Junko's parents did bring a civil suit against the Minato family and won. So that's good. And what is that going to do? Like, civil suit is like, oh, you fucking ignorant pieces of shit. You did know this was going on? And, well, I think they may have. Somebody sold. Actually, it probably wasn't them. Yeah. No, I don't think it was them. What? One of them sold their house and gave the money to the Furuta family, but I don't think it was the Minotos, so let me just keep reading. Well, who (laughs) would want that fucking house, that torture chamber? Well, sorry, not gave the house to the Minotos, gave the money, but I don't think. Yeah, but still, it's a torture chamber. After Minato's release, he moved back in with his parents, where I think he lived up until August of 2018, three decades after Junko's murder. That's like four years ago. Yeah. Where is he? Did he die? No. He was rearrested for assaulting a man with a metal rod before slashing his throat. Oh. According to the Tokyo Reporter, the man was not known to Shinji, and the incident took place after an altercation involving their vehicles. I don't know if that was an accident or he stole his parking spot. Who knows what the So how long did he get for that? Well, Shinji, the trial hasn't happened yet. He went. He's just he, a waiting trial. Yeah, he's a waiting trial, and I think probably COVID slowed everything down, and he's still awaiting. Oh yeah, true. But like, okay, but how how did he only get four to six years? Why were they like, oh, you know what? You like were barely involved. So no, what what a lot of people speculate is that the yakuza were pulling some strings. They threatened the judge. Not threatened, but were in the with judge the judge. Was part of it. Yeah. Not part of the Yakuza, just probably with those kind of connections. Yeah. yeah. And so it would have looked really bad for the yakuza to have. Yeah. For their members serving life in prison. So yeah. that's what a lot of people speculate, but nobody knows for sure why. I mean, I watch The Sopranos. They have a lot of pull, those they mafia do. people. Yeah. Now, after the attack on this man over the vehicles, Shinji was quoted as telling investigators that he admitted to assaulting and cutting the man, but he never had any intention of killing him. Oh. You know, I just slit you know, his throat. Just beat a girl for 44 days. Didn't have any intention of killing her. <laughs> yeah, well... He beat this guy with a metal rod and then slit his throat. I think you were looking to kill someone that day, but <laughs> I didn't what know that that would kill anyone. He was like, I, I did it to her, her and she didn't die. Who <laughs> yeah. Uh, Minato was charged with attempted murder and I couldn't really find any updates, like I said. So Well, good. I hope you rot in hell slash prison, you fucking piece of shit. 
Yes, Sushi Watanabe was originally sentenced to three to four years, but his sentence was increased to five to seven because he appealed just like the other two. I love that. Yeah. I love how the judge is like, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. You know what? Try me, motherfucker. Try my patience. You brought me back in here. Now you got more. <laughs> um, it seems that like following his release from prison, his life was pretty uneventful. Uh, Hope he died. And he also seems to be the only one out of the four main perpetrators here that really hasn't had any other offenses. So I'm going to find you and I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. This will be threatening people. So <laughs> find you and really wish ill on you. <laughs> Joe Ogura, who was the youngest of the four boys, received an eight-year sentence and was the only one of the four boys who didn't appeal. So why did he get such long a sentence? I don't know. Rachel, I don't know how this works. The judge must have just been like, I'm going to arbitrarily... I'm tired of this. <laughs> arbitrarily pull numbers out, and that's how many years you're getting. That's so fucked up. There, maybe he's using seasons of The Real Housewives, like my <laughs> Real Housewives roulette that I've been playing. <laughs> I've been playing Real Housewives roulette where I just spin the magic wheel, and whichever number it lands on, that's the season I'm currently watching. Anyways... <laughs> And your sentence is now, hold on, eight years. Eight years, and that's the season that, who was it, Jesus Tits or whatever? What was her name? Jesus Jugs. Or, yeah. Jesus, Jesus Jugs. <laughs> that's Alexis, right? Alexis, yeah. <laughs> However, upon Joe Agro's release, he was said to have boasted and bragged about his involvement in Junko's murder. And in 2004, he was rearrested for beating and attempting to murder a man who he believed was trying to steal his girlfriend. <laughs> it's like he went to jail for eight years and then stopped growing up. He stayed 16 forever. You're talking to my girlfriend? Yeah. I'm gonna fucking beat you. During the attack, he told the man that he wasn't afraid to kill him because he had murdered before. Oh my God. Like, fuck off. Nobody like, is proud of you. Into your fucking... And because it's double jeopardy, they're going to be like, wait, you just admitted to it? Hold on a second. So he was sent back to prison for the attack on that man. Good. And served seven more years. Good. And has been released since 2011. Wow. 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 Oh, here we go. Hiroshi Miyano's family ended up selling their home, and they gave the all the money to Junko's family, even though they really didn't want it. And they they would actually receive roughly four hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. I don't know how much that is now, probably a lot from the Miano family. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm, they I'm glad a lot they're trying more than that. Yeah, I'm glad they're trying, but I no, mean, that how can they not smell? No, I there is absolutely no so way. So it wasn't at Hiroshi's house. It was no the the, the Miyato family. Mi Miyano is Hiroshi's parents. Oh my bad. The Minatos are bad. Shinji's. Uh, so Joe Ogura's mother, on the other hand, is a piece of fucking alien crap. Like I just, <laughs> I don't know. I can't alien crap. Like she's not like, of this earth. That's the worst kind of crap you can be. Is because she's not of alien. Crap. She's not of this earth. Um, the mom. The mom of Joe Ogura, the youngest member of this right. group. Yeah. Uh, she's been very outspoken in the media. About, about how big of a piece of shit her son is? No. Oh. About the fact that she thinks Junko was to blame for what happened to her son. Stop it. You're yeah, victim blaming this poor girl that was tortured for 44 fucking days? By her son. Like, fuck off, lady. And it what is the, you asked 
what do you ask for it oh please hit no yeah bitch no now it's also been reported that on numerous occasions she's gone to junko's gravesite and just like destroyed it vandalized it yeah no Um, what a trash garbage human so ogura's father on the other hand it's been said that he actually had saved money to pay restitution to junko's family but joe got his hand on that money and spent it on whatever he wanted like cars and ugly jewelry and whatever the tinder swindler bought with all the money he stole that kind of shit oh my god At least, so, but wait, the dad is this way and the mom is this way. Are they still together, married? I don't fucking know. Because how? How can you, ha- no. How can you have such differing views, yeah. About I your fucking piece of shit son. Yeah. Now, the Faridas never wanted any money from any of these people, even though they did sue the Minato family. I think that was more just to have, like, on legal record that they held some like, responsibility. we know that you knew. Yeah. You pieces of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot known about where Junko's family is now, what they're doing or anything like that. They've kind of stayed very private since this, which yeah. they deserve that. So, Absolutely. So Junko Furuta's funeral was held on April 2nd, 1989. And during the service, one of her friends uh, made a statement. Okay. And she said, Jun Chan, welcome back. I have never imagined that we would see you again in this way. You must have been in so much pain, so much suffering. The happy we made, or sorry, the happy we all made for the school festival looked really good on you. We will never forget you. I have heard that the principal presented you with a graduation certificate, certificate, so we graduated together, all of us. Oh my God, it makes me cry. Jun Chen, there is no more pain, no more suffering. Please rest in peace. Mm. Now, at her graduation... Uh, Junko's school principal actually presented her high school diploma to her parents so that she could still graduate from mm-hmm, high school. Mm-hmm. And the remember I told you at the beginning that she had a job lined up for after graduation? Yeah. So that employer actually gave her parents the uniform that she would have worn on her first day. Stop it. And that was placed in her casket. Oh, my God. Um, another good thing that came out of this is that the place where they discovered Junko's body has actually since been turned into a park and community. No memorial? Center. Not a memorial, but I think they, they took that area and developed it into something yeah. positive. Wow. Now, there have been several Japanese books and anime and different things based on Junko's case. Um, really? In 1995, there was actually a exploitation film about the case. Stop it. Uh, in 2004, the case also inspired another movie simply entitled Concrete. Oh, and come on. That's a little too literal for me. There are clips of these movie. Of, I'm not sure which one, if it's Concrete or if it's the exploitation film, which the name of this film was on Wikipedia, but it was all in Japanese and I did not even want to try mm-hmm. to pronounce it. So you can find that online, what the, the name of that 2004 movie was. Now, I haven't watched or seen any of them, but there are clips of one of these movies on YouTube that you can watch. And actually, some of the pictures from this case, I noticed, came from that movie. So, don't if you see pictures of Junko looking like she's all tortured, it's you're more than likely looking at, like, still frames from this film. Yeah. Um, because when I was looking online just for random things, I was seeing these pictures and I was like, oh, good God, what am I looking at? <laughs> like, how? No. I thought maybe the boys had taken pictures, so... They better not have. No, I doubt they did. It's 19. They would have had to go and get that shit developed. Oh, God. They would have had to take a roll of film into CVS or Walmart. CVS. When am I American? (laughs) We spend too much time in the States. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh shit. Uh, so yeah, so that's the case of Junko. Wow, I need uh, several shots of tequila. Oh, after we will. That. <laughs> and some nice, fun '90s music. Yeah, I was listening to another podcast about this, and they suggested a Reddit page called I Bleach. So I Bleach, which is just like, your eyeballs. Well, it's like really cute pictures of like don't say puppies ducks with okay. the baby ducks following the mama duck across the road yeah. and like bunnies little, and kittens a little and... palette cleanser yeah so you guys can go and do that yeah and i, I hope be. i didn't traumatize any of you no i'm seriously having nightmares tonight i'm glad you're sleeping over yeah. you can wake me up and say it's okay rachel you're safe now for me i think besides like the horrific acts that were taken out on junko or carried out by these boys i think the the most disturbing part to me was the 100 witnesses like i just can't wrap my brain around how there were 100 people that came in and out of there and that all but one of them lacked the compassion compassion empathy the morals yeah like i the the stomach that they were just devoid of all of that and it just it baffles me Uh -uh. how you can't how you can walk in and see somebody like that and not be again this is very reminiscent of sylvia likens all those kids coming through now the where that differs is that the adult in the house was kind of the ringleader so it was being led they were being told what to do and being allowed to do this in the sylvia likens case by a trusted adult yeah but we don't even know how old these hundred people are well they they were a mix 30 years old knowing full well it was apparently a mix right of like wrong. high school friends, yakuza, other yakuza members. So there was no. like a, a very varied ages that were coming in and out. So and you know what? Some of them were girls on that would come in and draw on her face and write on her Fuck skin. Fuck off! Like, on yeah. top of the hundred people that were pissed at, I'm really pissed at the parents and the brother. There is absolutely no way. My neighbor cooks something down the hall, and I smell it. And yeah. I know what's what's going on. Yeah, there's no way that they didn't know what was happening in their home well and like i get being afraid and i get being worried but for 44 days for 44 days you're gonna need to step in at least once be the adult do something do it do it anonymously do something Uh the police were at your door give them a tour oh my god um and it's like sad because I wish that we could say that this was isolated to this event or Japan, which it's not. Japan is lovely. Don't let this case dissuade you. I've never been to <laughs> Japan, but it's like apparently one of the safest countries in the world. I believe it. Yeah. Um, this is not, this story just should not fog your view of what Japan is like. So I don't know. I'm I don't think it would. <laughs> I'm just saying, please don't let it. If you're if you're like, oh, I wanted to go to Japan, but now I don't think so. Please still go because Japan is wonderful. <laughs> okay. But it's really it's not isolated to these things, and it's not even isolated to this time in history. These maybe something like Junko isn't happening. It probably is, but people standing by and watching that's still happening, and. Yep. See it, say it. Yeah. Be an upstander, not a bystander. Oh, wow. Is that a poster at school? That is certainly a poster <laughs> at school. And we're going to actually, next week, we're going to talk more about bystanders. So get ready because I have a pretty good episode planned. Really? Yeah. Okay. 
So the bystander effect or bystander apathy. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. you guys can all guess what it is just by hearing that. So, mm. but yeah, that's all I got for tonight. So thank you for listening. Before we go though, I do want to give out to a shout out to our listener, oh, Carly. Yeah. Thank you for the coffee. Love yeah. you much. Carly, you're the best. Well, we'll see you guys all next time. Yep. Take care. We love you and have a great night. Bye.